Good morning, and uh, welcome. It's good to be with you, and uh, hope your day's got started off great, and hope you get your uh, your app situated or your volume situated. Uh, but at this time, we just pray that uh, you'll join us in praise.
Let's pray. Father God, great are you, Lord. Oh God, we come magnifying your name. God, I know it's different. I know we're used to gathering together in this place to magnify your name, and yet here we are scattered, but yet, Lord, we can still praise your name. Great are you, Lord. So, Father, with the breath that you have given us today, we want to say thank you. With the breath that you've given us today, we want to say praise you. With the breath you've given us today, Lord, we just come before you praying, God, for our country, praying for those, God, who have already been directly impacted by this pandemic, praying, Father, for those today who have already lost somebody, praying for those who are sick, praying, Father, for our doctors and our nurses and our first responders. Father, you are a God who hears, and so we come. We humble ourselves, we seek your face, we turn from our wicked ways, and we pray. Great are you, Lord. Be magnified, be lifted high, and draw all men unto yourself, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I want to welcome you, Northside family. Uh, others that may be watching, thank you for tuning in. Uh, again, we know this is very different, uh, very unique. And let me just say to each and every one of you, man, I love you and I miss you. And I cannot wait until I'm not looking at an empty auditorium, but until I'm looking at you guys again. And so we don't know how long we're going to have to do this, uh, but until we do, I'm just thankful for those who are here behind me. Uh, trip in the sound booth, uh, those who are pouring in their time, preparing so that we can so that we can worship with you. As I've been saying over these last couple weeks, uh, we want you to stay in the Word. Stay in the Word. We want our students watching the videos that BJ has been posting. We want our children engaged in the the opportunities we've given them. We want you as adults staying in the Word of God. We want you staying connected. Uh, keep calling. Keep sending those text messages. Keep sending cards to our church family. I've heard so many people this week talking about how much that is meant to them. Keep doing that and stay ready to serve and stay ready to give. Let me encourage you sometime today, if you haven't done that, be praying about how you can give. You can go to our website, nbcnoonan.org. Uh, you click on the online help uh, COVID-19 and it walks step by step the different ways uh, in which you can give. Right? We want to be able to continue to minister to needs and to help people. And so please continue uh, to do that. Um, as we did last week, we're going to have an opportunity after the message uh, for BJ and I to discuss the text, to answer your questions. So that number should be appearing on your screen. You can text questions uh, to that number, uh, encouragement uh, to that number. Uh, if the Lord's doing a work in your heart, you can send that to that number and we can praise uh, God together. If at some point in the service you make a decision, to trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, or to rededicate your life. You can text that decision into that number so we can reach out to you and rejoice with you. We want to encourage you today. Uh, we want to do the praying the scripture this week. So the praying the scripture comes from Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 through 23. This is what it says. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I'm just going to ask you to take a minute or so right there where you are in your living room. 
and just pray through this verse of Scripture. Praise God this morning for His mercies and praise God for His faithfulness.
for almost a hundred years in big cities with a hundred skyscrapers and tiny towns with one stoplight on college campuses and Native American reservations and churches too many to count. Hundreds of thousands of men and women and boys and girls have made hundreds of thousands of life-changing decisions. Almost none of them knew her name. And yet, she was there. Annie Armstrong lived more than a hundred years ago. Only this one picture of her survives. History could have easily forgotten her. But Annie Armstrong is worth remembering. In the late 1800s, when most women had no voice, Annie was one of the first to speak up. First, for the urban poor in her hometown of Baltimore, and then for Southern Baptist missionaries around the world who desperately needed support. It was for these people that she helped start the National Women's Missionary Union. As its first executive leader, she gave women a platform in their local church and in ways that they'd never done before. These women helped focus Southern Baptist attention on the hurting and the lost and the missionaries trying to reach them. Annie wrote letters, 18,000 in just one year. And she traveled across America, encouraging missionaries and inspiring churches to pray, to give, and to act. She worked long hours, paid her own expenses, and refused to accept a salary. And in the darkest days of the Depression, right before she died, an offering was named after her. Today, the Annie Armstrong Easter Offering helps missionaries in the U.S. and Canada start new churches and meet needs through Compassion Ministries. Over the years, Southern Baptists have given more than $1 billion to that offering, and 100% of it, every penny, has gone straight to the mission field. There's still work left to do. The need is bigger than ever, and that's why even though she lived more than a century ago, and even though only one picture of her survives, Annie Armstrong's influence lives on. Because today in North America, just as it's been from the beginning, anywhere a missionary is sent, every time a new church is born, anytime someone gives to her offering so that a lost person might be found, Annie is there. Let me encourage you, if you have not given yet to our Annie Armstrong Easter offering, that you would do that. Again, you can go to the website, and it walks you through the different ways uh, in which you can give. If you have your Bibles, I want you to open them to the Gospel of John. Not 1 John, but the Gospel of John. John chapter 16. John chapter 16. We're going to take a break for the next three weeks uh, from 1 John, and we'll resume and hopefully by the time we resume our studies in first john we can uh be back in here uh together so the gospel of john john 16 i'm going to begin reading in verse 19 jesus knew that they wanted to ask him so he said to them is this what you are 
asking yourselves, what I meant by saying a little while and you will not see me, and again a little while and you will see me. Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. We're going to come back to John 16 here in a few moments, if you'll just hold your spot there. It was a Friday in January of last year, 2019. Uh, One of the couples in our church, the the gentleman, had an accident earlier in the week. He had been on a ladder and he had fallen, had been hospitalized. I had seen him on the Wednesday before that Friday. He seemed in good spirits. He seemed that he was doing well and His wife and I both thought he would make a full recovery. Friday came, and I got a phone call that morning that he had taken a turn for the worse, that he had, in fact, coded. I didn't know if he would make it. I got to the hospital as soon as I could that morning, and I walked into the waiting room, and it was just the wife sitting there with tears in her eyes, and I sat down next to her. Let me say, they don't teach you in seminary how to prepare for moments like these. I sat there with her, and we waited a couple minutes when we looked up, and in walked the doctor and the nurse. And for the first time in my life, and the hardest day I've had in ministry, I sat there while that doctor looked that wife in the eyes and said, your husband didn't make it. We did all that we could, but we couldn't save him. And she wept, and I wept. I then sat there. She took her phone and called her children in Kentucky. And I listened as her children wailed and wept. And I wept with her. There was much weeping that happened that day. As we look around the world today, there is much weeping that is taking place. There is much mourning. And there is so much uncertainty that is facing us. So this week, the Lord has been laying on my heart through some of the Psalms, reading a book, this idea of lamenting, of weeping. The Scripture says much about weeping, and I kept thinking back to that January Friday in 2019. And so this morning, for about the next 20, 25 minutes, I just want us to consider, what does the Bible say about weeping? Three things I want you to notice. Number one, the Bible says weep with those who weep. Romans chapter 12, verse 15 says, Rejoice with those who rejoice. There are moments in ministry where we get to rejoice with one another, and I praise God for that, but there are also moments when we weep. We are to weep with those who weep. So I want to ask you three questions this morning as it relates to this first point, weep with those who weep. The first question is this, do you have compassion for those who are weeping? Paul tells us we are to weep with those who weep. We read in the Gospel of John, the 11th chapter, that Jesus Christ, upon seeing Mary and Martha and their grief, it says Jesus wept. And here's Jesus knowing he could bring Lazarus back from the grave, and yet Jesus is still weeping as he sees their pain. People are hurting all around us right now. People are dying. 
People are getting sick. And the reality facing each one of us this morning is if this virus continues to spread, someone in our church family may very well get sick. Someone in your family may get sick. And someone you know may even not pull through. 515 people died just yesterday here in America. We are facing this time of grief and mourning. People are losing jobs. People are feeling hopeless. And so my question for you this morning is, do you have compassion on them? Will they see a church, the body of Christ that cares? Do we care about them? Are we willing to say, yes, it'll inconvenience me, but I'll stay home? If it helps you and helps our hospital workers and our caregivers, and we'll stay home. We care about these people. Will we weep with them? Will we pray for them? Will we reach out to them? Will we, in this moment, be the church that offers to help them? Let us be a people who rejoices when people rejoice, but when they weep, we're right there with them weeping. The second question is this. What hope do we have to offer them? What hope do we have to offer them? This week, as I was thinking through this, it took me back to the summer of 2010. I was in the city of Kobe, Japan. Kobe is a city of about 1.5 million people. Estimates are that about 1% to 2% of that 1.5 million believe in Jesus. So maybe 30,000. We had a particular day when we were doing a prayer walk. We were riding a bus through the city, and then we found ourselves on the top floor of a high-rise building. Glass windows surrounded me, and I was overlooking this city, listening to music, and I almost began to break down in that moment because I felt an overwhelming sense of hopelessness. That 98% of those people in this city would die and go to hell because they don't know Jesus Christ. Hopelessness. But then I began to listen to a song that God provided at just that moment, which is a song we actually sang a couple weeks ago. And the words of that song are these, you're the God of this city, you're the king of these people, you're the Lord of this nation, you are. You're the light in this darkness, you're the hope to the hopeless, you're the peace to the restless, you are. In the midst of that hopelessness, I felt an overwhelming sense of hope that we have the answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. And so in the midst of your weeping, maybe you're tuning in, you've never heard of Northside Baptist Church, somehow you saw a link and you're watching and you feel hopeless. If you're feeling hopeless, Jesus Christ is the answer this morning. And maybe you're a a family member here at Northside, and you're feeling a little hopeless. You're not certain if you'll have a job next week. You're uncertain if that person is, who is sick maybe has the coronavirus, or if you've been exposed to it, or will we ever get back to normal? Listen, there is hope this morning, and his name is Jesus Christ. In the midst of our lostness, we offer Jesus to the world. He is our hope, and in the midst of your weeping, I offer you Jesus Christ this morning. Oh, church, the Bible's clear. We don't grieve as others do who have no hope. But yet we still grieve. We just always land on the hope that we have in Jesus. So this morning we acknowledge we're surrounded by death and brokenness and pain and sin and lostness. We have been since the fall. So weep with those who weep, but then be quick to point them to Jesus Christ. The third question is this. Are you hurting this morning? The scripture says we're called to weep with others. But we also need to let others weep with us. 
Let others weep with us. So listen, if you're hurting, if you are broken, if you are struggling, then reach out to help. Reach out for help. When we put the number on the screen later uh, in the service, reach out to help. Text. Say, I need Jesus. Will you pray for me? Will you call me? Will you share Christ with me? If you are a church member and you're feeling scared, anxious, depressed, alone, reach out for help. Call somebody. Call somebody to let them come alongside and weep with you, but then also to walk through this season of life with you. You're not meant to do this alone. So let us be a people who weep with those who weep. Do you have compassion? What hope are you offering them? And are you hurting? Weep with those who weep. But here's the second thing I want you to see this morning, and that is this. Your weeping is not meaningless. Your weeping and my weeping in this world is not meaningless. Notice it is not meaningless to weep over death or sin or pain. Psalm 6.6 says, I am weary with my moaning. Every night I flood my bed with tears. Psalm 6.8, the Lord has heard the sound of my weeping. Psalm 30 verse 5, weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, if you have your Bibles and you want to turn there, we'll come back to the Gospel of John. But 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul gives us great hope here. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 says, So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. I hate death. I hate it more and more every day. The older I get, I hate death. I hate disease. I hate pain. And yet every single one of us has experienced it. And some people may say it's meaningless. It serves no purpose, this pain, this suffering. But that's not what Paul says. What does Paul say here in verse 17? He says, for this light momentary affliction. Now you may want to push back on that apostle Paul right now. You may want to say, wait a minute, Paul, my affliction doesn't seem light. My affliction doesn't seem momentary. I've been suffering for a long time. But what's Paul saying? Your affliction is light and momentary when compared to forever. When compared to eternity, on and on and on, it's light and momentary. But look what he says about these afflictions. Is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. John Piper says your suffering and pain, it's not meaningless. It's doing something. Of course, you can't see what it's doing in the moment. And if we're honest, is that not part of our frustration? Like we're suffering and we're in the midst of pain and we're in the midst of this coronavirus and we say, God, what are you doing? And yet God doesn't answer us. He doesn't say, Aaron, this is what I'm doing. We talked about it in Habakkuk last week, right? We wouldn't even understand if God told us, God, what are you doing? Of course, we can't see what God's doing, but he's doing something. And what is he doing? He is preparing. You may want to circle that word or underline that word preparing. He is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory. We don't know the specifics. I don't know the specifics of what God's doing in your life right now, but I know he's doing something. 
He's preparing you for an eternal weight of glory. He is making you at this very moment more like Jesus Christ. He is making you at this moment more dependent on Jesus Christ. He is preparing for you an eternal reward and glory with Him. So yes, our afflictions are great at times. Painful, maybe almost too much to bear. But oh church, hear me, they are temporary. And they will not destroy us. Jesus has purchased our salvation. He has guaranteed our victory. And he is even using our pain and suffering, using COVID-19 at this very moment for his glory. He will receive the glory. He will receive the glory. He will make us more like Christ if we will trust him. And he is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory that far surpasses what you and I can ever experience here. Right now. So it is not meaningless to weep over your death or pain. It is not meaningless to weep over our sin. Matthew chapter 5, verse 4 says, Blessed are those who mourn over sin, for they shall be comforted. They shall be comforted. Mourning over sin leads to confession of our sin, which then leads to forgiveness of our sin. Mourning over our sin leads to our being comforted. So let me just get really up close and personal here with you. Let's ask the difficult question this morning, church. When was the last time you saw your sin and wept? When was the last time your wife, in a loving way, pointed out the way that you continued to respond and you wept? When was the last time your child, as they so often can do, points out that shortcoming, that way you're not honoring Jesus and it led you to the point that you wept? When was the last time that your lack of concern or lack of compassion or your selfishness led you to the point where you wept over your sin? When was the last time we felt the gravity of our sin as betrayal against the holy God? Yes, our God loves us and he forgives us and all our sins have been covered in the blood of Jesus Christ. Yes and amen. But when we sin, we are still sinning and rebelling against a holy, righteous God. When's the last time you felt the gravity of that sin? When's the last time you wept over your sin? It's not meaningless to weep over our sin, which leads to repentance. And then thirdly, it's not meaningless to weep over our lostness. Jesus says the angels of heaven rejoice over one sinner who repents. That old church, may we be quick to rejoice. I can't wait till we can gather back in this place and we can rejoice with one another. And I believe there'll be greater celebration and a greater time of worship when we can gather. We want to rejoice. But we also need to be grieved by the lostness and brokenness of people. I can't turn a blind eye and a deaf ear to sin. And its destructiveness all around us. I listened to a sermon this past week by Louis Giglio. Many are familiar with him through Passion and the ministry he does there. He is the pastor at Passion City Church. And I saw a sermon title from a sermon he preached last Sunday called 20 Inches to Mercy. And right off the back, I was, I was interested. 20 inches? What's he talking about, 20 inches? Is that the distance from your head to your heart, right? I've heard that before. And what's 20 inches to mercy? What's he talking about? And so I began to watch, and it was a very encouraging message. You can find it on YouTube, and probably about 40 minutes long. And I had to watch for 25, 30 minutes before he shared what he meant by 20 inches to mercy. And man, it hit me. He said, 20 inches to mercy, and I don't know how well you can see, 20 inches to mercy 
is the difference from there to there. 20 inches is the difference between our feet to our knees. 20 inches is the difference between, I've got this, God. I've got a plan. I've got a survival plan. We're just going to hunker down. We're going to just stay tight. We got this figured out. I'm not worried. I'm not stressed. I don't need you. I've got this. It's all good. I've got it under control. 20 inches from there to 20 inches to falling on your knees and saying, God, I need you. God, you've been speaking to me through my grandmother and through my mom and through people at work in different circumstances, and I've been running from you, God. And now I'm in the midst of this great uncertainty, and I'm scared, and I'm afraid, and I don't know you. 20 inches to fall to your knees and to cry out, God, forgive me. God, reach down and save me. God, turn me so I won't run to hell and destruction, but I'll run to you and be saved. 20 inches to mercy, to crying out to be saved. This morning, all you have to do is go from standing, I've got this, to falling on your knees, crying out to God. 20 inches for you and I to cry out to God to bring about a spiritual awakening. Yes, we can pray standing, but there's something about praying on our knees. Being fully dependent upon God and saying, God, we can't do anything about this country, but you can. You can save and you can transform and you can bring about a great awakening. 20 inches to cry out to God to deliver you from that sin that you've wrestled with for far too long. 20 inches to cry out to God, God, save that family member, save my, my, my wife, save my kids. God, do a work. 20 inches to mercy. Will you take that 20-inch journey this morning and cry out to be saved? See, it's not meaningless to weep over lostness. In fact, church, I would say maybe we need to weep over lostness more. Will God break our heart for what breaks yours? Well, there's one more thing I want you to see. Because I can't end it on a down note. we got to end with hope. The third truth is this. A day is coming when all those who trusted in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior will weep no more. So we go back to John 16 where we started. John 16, let me remind you of the context. This is before Jesus dies on the cross, before his resurrection. He's preparing the disciples. And beginning there in verse 19, Jesus knew that they wanted to ask him. So he said to them, is this what you are asking yourselves? What I meant by saying a little while and you will not see me. And again, a little while and you will see me. I think that's referring to a little while you won't see me, meaning Jesus is going to be crucified, placed in the tomb. So they won't see him for a little while, but then in a little while they will see him, the resurrected Christ. Verse 20, truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. Oh, you think about that scene, how the soldiers and the Pharisees and others rejoiced at the death of Jesus while the disciples wept, probably confused and uncertain of what their future would hold. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. Look at verse 22. So also you have sorrow now. But I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. Seeing the resurrected Christ changes the disciples forever, and he changes us too. We live in this moment by faith in Christ, looking and longing for his return. 
If these words were to be applied to us today, it's not in between his death and resurrection, but between his resurrection, the spirit living in us, and the return of Christ. At this moment, we mourn and we weep over lostness and death and sickness, but we know Jesus is coming again. Turn with me to Revelation. Revelation 21. Revelation 21, verses 1 through 4. We read here that I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with men. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. Look what he says in verse 4. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. When we get in the new heavens and the new earth, there will be no more tears. I like what John MacArthur says. He says, what it declares is the absence of anything to be sorry about. No sadness, no disappointment, no pain. There will be no tears of misfortune, tears over loss love, tears of remorse, tears of regret, tears over the death of loved ones, or tears for any other reason. There will be nothing sad, nothing disappointing, nothing unfulfilling, nothing lacking, nothing wrong. Oh, church, go with me for a moment to that day. With every tear you have ever shed, the loss of a mom or a dad, I met with somebody in our church several weeks ago, a member of this church, somebody that you all know and love very dearly, and she began to recount to me the loss that she had experienced in her life. A husband, three children. Herself at that moment suffering through some physical ailments, and it took everything I had not to weep for her. All of the loss, all the pain, every tear that has ever been shed in that moment when we, are, when we are on our knees before Jesus Christ and however he does it, whether it's physically, whatever it may be, when he wipes away those tears in that moment, you and I will realize every tear was worth it. Every ounce of pain and suffering that we went through led us to the moment where we got to see Jesus face to face and we were more like him when we got to that moment. When you think about your pain, if you were to suffer for 70 years every day, and you compare that to an eternity, it just doesn't match up. So hold on, brother and sister. Don't lose heart, because that day's coming when every tear will be wiped away. He says also there will be no more death. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. The greatest curse of human existence will be no more. No more caskets and no more urns, and no more funeral homes, and no need for funeral homes, and no more hearst, and no more people following the hearst to the cemeteries. There'll be no more cemeteries, because there will be no more death. Death, as Paul promised, is swallowed up in victory, and it will be gone. We also read that there will be no more mourning. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying. On the cross, Jesus not only took away our sin, but he also took away our sorrow. Isaiah 53, 4 says, Surely he has borne our griefs and he has carried our sorrows. And then there'll be no more pain. Nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Isaiah 53, 5 says, He was pierced for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. No more tears. No more death. 
No more mourning and no more pain. Why? Because Jesus is coming. That's what he says in Revelation 22, verse 7. And behold, I am coming soon. He says it in verse 12. Behold, I am coming soon. He says it again in verse 20. Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Early this week, I was sitting, having a conversation with Malachi, my four-and-a-half-year-old, and those conversations get more and more interesting every week. And So we're sitting there on the couch, and out of nowhere, randomly, Malachi says, Jesus isn't coming. I don't know if he meant like right now, wasn't coming to dinner. I have no idea what he was talking about. We haven't been talking about Jesus. He just out of nowhere said, Jesus isn't coming. So the theologian and the pastor in me saw this as an opportunity to correct his heresy. This false theology that Jesus wasn't coming. And so in about 10 or 15 seconds, as quickly as I could, I tried to articulately explain to my young son that, yes, Jesus is coming. I stopped speaking. He looks down at his feet, and he says, Dad, I'm going to count my toes now. I thought, what? How do you go from Jesus isn't coming to listening to this fantastic what I thought was an explanation that he was to now he's focused on his toes? And it hit me. Well, church, are we not guilty of this as well? We know Jesus is coming, but we get so distracted. So distracted by the pain. So distracted by the suffering. So distracted with doing silly things like counting our toes. So distracted by the things of the world that we saw last week are passing away. That we lose sight that our hope is in Jesus. And yes, he is coming again. So take your eyes off the things of this world. Turn off Fox News and CNN. Don't watch it as much right now. Turn off those things that are distracting you. Turn your eyes to Jesus. Turn your eyes to Jesus. Old church, we weep now. We mourn now. We lament now. But even in that, we hope in Jesus Christ. We trust in him. We believe and we wait. Come, Lord Jesus, we pray. Our hope is in Jesus And he is coming. He is coming for you. He is coming for his bride. And our sorrow will be turned into rejoicing. And as Jesus said in John 16, no one will take that joy from you. But hear me. But to experience that joy then, in the presence of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, means you need to weep over and repent of your sin. Now. To experience joy then, You need to weep and repent of your sin now. So here's what I'm going to ask each and every one of you to do. And yes, I know it may be awkward. I'm going to ask you right now in just a moment to take that 20-inch journey to mercy. I'm going to do it right here, and I'm going to ask you to do it. I'm going to ask you to get on your knees in just a moment. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, then I'm going to ask you right now to cry out, Lord Jesus, save a wretch sinner like me. Save that old wretch like me. Reach down right now into my life and and save me. I want to repent. I want to turn to you. I want to run to you, Jesus. I need you. I'm broken. I'm hurt. I'm lost. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeless. I'm unsatisfied. I'm turning to you, Jesus. God will save you. I'm going to ask you, when you get on your knees, maybe to pray. To cry out from your knees. To pray for our first responders. To pray for our healthcare workers, our nurses, and our doctors. They are overwhelmed. They are exhausted. Many of them are sick. Pray for them. I don't pray that God be with them. I mean, from the depths of your heart, cry out to God on their behalf. I'm going to ask you from the depths of your heart, right where you are, to cry out, to ask God to intervene, 
to rescue us, not for our glory or for our advancement, for his glory. I'm going to ask you to cry out from your knees, God, bring about a spiritual awakening. As we humble ourselves and repent and, and seek your face and pray, God, do a work. I'm going to ask you, if you haven't weeped, wept over your sin in a while, maybe to weep over your sin. Right now, I'm going to ask you, right where you are, to take that 20-inch journey to mercy, to get on your knees to go to the Lord and cry out to him. I'm going to give you a moment to do that, and then I'm going to close us in prayer, and then we're going to go into our time of, of discussion and just trying to encourage you more. But would you take that 20-inch journey to mercy right now? God, I don't understand why I don't know why this is happening. I don't know why so many people are being affected and why so many people are dying and we're just adding this to, God, to the many other disasters and sicknesses and ailments that we deal with on an everyday basis. I don't know why. But God, here's what I do know. I do know last Sunday I read report after report of people giving their life to Jesus Christ of texting in or emailing, hey, I, I cried out to Jesus. So God, maybe you're using this worldwide event to bring us to our knees, literally and figuratively. So that more and more people, God, one day will bow before you and they will hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant, and they will have their tears removed and they will live with you forever and ever. God, I know there are people right now who are just who are wrestling with this, who are uncertain, whether it's financial or physical. Lord, I don't even know what life is going to look like when this is all said and done. Lord, I know in my heart there's just a, an emptiness this morning because I'm missing gathering with my church family. And Lord, I know I'm not alone. I've only been here four months and I already have these, these amazing relationships with some people. And, and Lord, there are people who have been here for years. And they can't see. They can't see that student they teach every week. They haven't seen that child that they love on every week, and they're missing that. And Lord, I know our kids, they're struggling. They're wanting to know, why can't I go see my friends? And our students probably want to come up and play basketball and, and study the Word of God. Lord, we got summer trips and, and mission trips and all these things, vacation Bible school, all these things that are still several months away, Lord. But, but God, I'm, in the back of my mind, I'm just praying, God, that you allow these things to take place. And so, Lord, we just come to you. If anyone needs to be saved, God, that they'll cry out to you. If anyone is hurting, Lord, that they'll make that phone call after the service today to reach out to a friend, a brother or a sister in Christ and say, hey, will you help me? Will you walk through this difficult season of my life with me? Lord, you are a sovereign God. And that is where our hope lies. So, Lord, I pray that at the end of this message, we're not discouraged, but we are encouraged. Encouraged to know, God, that you're going to do a great work. That you're going to hear the, the, the cries of your people. That you're going to see the tears of our, over our sinfulness and our lostness. And, Lord, that you're going to respond for your glory and your name's sake. Lord, you are an awesome God, and we praise you for who you are. Lord, if anybody today made that decision to follow you, Jesus, as Lord and Savior, that they'll just reach out that they'll send that to this, this message, Lord, that they'll feel compelled to do that so we can help them in the next steps. 
Help them to become more and more like Christ. Oh Lord, be glorified as we discuss your word, and may we be further encouraged in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I give us just a second to get in our places. You be sending those text messages our way, and uh, and we'll we'll break down the word of God. All right, are we are we good to go, man? Um, let me just start with a word of encouragement here from somebody texted in all, already this morning. So um, this this from one of our uh, one of our church members during the praying through the scripture time. So they were, they were at home with their family and just had the scripture on the screen. said his son, who is four, I think, um, just started singing Great Is Thy Faithfulness before the praise team got up. Wow. And, That's uh, awesome. <clears throat> he says, kids get it. It makes his daddy's heart happy. That is awesome. Uh, so what an what a, what a awesome, yeah, awesome good. testimony. But, um, but yeah. So, man, I... I wrote down several notes here just from me um, and then again if you have a question or just want a word of encouragement sent um, send that here I, I realized that um, I think our, our app crashed at some point uh, but, it, but, it, but it came back up I think most of the sermon was able to um, or I think all the sermon portion was able to be broadcast so um, but yeah the First thing that I wrote down, and it was it was kind of funny. Sometimes I'd start writing something down, and and then you'd go ahead and say it. It's like okay, but um, in that when when under point number one, weep with those who weep. Um, I just want to share just a personal testimony. Uh, so the first question: Do you have compassion for those who are weeping? Um, and and just a, a personal testimony. There have been times in my life where. I realized someone is hurting, and I wanted to comfort them. I wanted to, to do something for them, but I didn't know what to say. Mm. I didn't know how to comfort them. And I was even reminded this week, um, one of my former students contacted me. Um, something had gone on in, in her life, and um, she contacted me, and we had grown distant. She had gone through a really difficult time. Mm. We had grown distant. And I confess to her, I didn't know how to minister to you in that time. I didn't know what to say. I, I, I never meant to hurt you. That was not my intention. And I'm just reminded that sometimes it's not about what we say at all. Yeah, it's, right. just, it's just about being there, Absolutely. Um, weeping with that person. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I was reminded how a, a pastor once told me, I, I said, I was going to visit someone at a funeral home. I said, I, said, I don't know what to say. And he had been in ministry for 30 years. He said, I don't know what to say either. Hey. So I put my arm around them and I just say, I love you and, and Jesus loves you. And, and I'm here for you. Amen. And, um, and so just, just being there, the ministry really good. Of, of presence. And then the, the next thing was, uh, what hope do we have to offer them? And as you were going through John 16, and I realize, you know, we can't be here for four hours, but yeah. 
John 16. Well, now we've got nowhere to go. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. So, uh, John 16, the, the last verse. So Jesus talks about, he's, he's foretelling his death. Yeah. He's, he's saying, you're going to weep. Um, I'm not going to be here with you all the time. You're going to face trial. I mean, this is a, Jesus is really saying, you know, if you're going to follow me, it's going to be hard work. And yes. I, I think sometimes we do a disservice to the Absolutely. gospel because we tell people, come to Jesus and everything's going to be great. But Jesus actually says, man, it's going to be tough. Yeah. And then uh, there, there's a promise, though, right at the end of that chapter. Uh, that Jesus says, mm -hmm. these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. So first of all, there's, there's that promise. So all of this stuff's going to be going on. And where do you find your peace? You find your peace in Jesus. Mm -hmm. but, yeah. but, but he continues, in the world you'll have tribulation, but take courage, for I have overcome the world. There's a, an amazing promise. Absolutely. So yeah. in the middle of COVID-19, in the middle of people losing their jobs, in the middle of people who are, are dying, people who are having to cancel weddings and graduations and all, the, all of these things, like you said, that can distract us yeah. and, and, and cause anxiety and trouble for us, we have a promise that all of these things of the world, and Jesus has already overcome Amen. them. Amen. Um, Amen. That's a great word, so brother. Let me Good look. Word. I've got other things, but I'm looking to see here. <clears throat> uh, I've got, got a few more messages that, that came in. Um, oh, I was right. He's four. Um, the, 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 the little boy. <laughs> there so, you go. Um, and somebody just says, thank you uh, to both of you for uh, all, that, all that you do. I assume that's you and me. Not <laughs> so. Um, and another one says, I love Northside. You guys are doing such a great job. So. Uh, well, if we don't have any more questions, um, a, a couple other things. Uh, you highlighted 2 Corinthians four sixteen through 18, mm -hmm. which, which talks about a momentary light affliction. Yeah. And, uh, and I like how you, you characterized, you know, wait a minute, Paul. Why are you calling my affliction light? Yeah. And, and, and that's a real question that, that we can yeah. have but it's compared to the weight of glory. I was reminded um, of Hebrews 12 at, at, that, at that point. Um, Hebrews 12 that tells us, uh, specifically verse 2, to keep our eyes on Jesus, fix our eyes on Jesus. And so when I think about Paul saying momentary light affliction, and then, and then I'm reminded, look at Jesus. Well, what did he do? Yeah. That verse, there's just... It's astounding what's mm. written here. Fix your eyes on Jesus, who for the joy, <laughs> the joy set before him endured the cross. Like, really? Yeah. There was joy, joy set before yeah. uh, mm. What about looking at the cross as joyful? Well, it's because he knows what's on the other side. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. and that's what we yeah. are, are reminded of. What is on the other side of this? momentary light affliction, the eternal weight yeah. of glory. Uh, and we can lose sight of that. We can get distracted by our toes. <laughs> we can get distracted by our toes. Um, so. yeah, that, that, that's good. That's good. You know, I, I struggled this week in preparing this to balance between the fact that we do grieve and we do more, and yet we have hope. And obviously it is difficult. Sometimes we don't know what to say. We don't ever want to trivialize somebody's grief. Uh, 
it's probably not wise counseling to look at somebody and say, hey, this is light and momentary. That's not helpful in that moment. Um, but one thing that, that I kind of was just thinking through this week um, that maybe we can discuss for a minute is what's the boundary between appropriate grief and inappropriate grief? You know, what, is that, what does that look like? What, what, what's okay and what is too far? And um, I, I've just been reading a book. Uh, one of my, my, my friends who's a pastor actually mentioned it, so I started reading it this week. Uh, if you're in the midst of maybe um, grieving or lamenting something that happened yesterday or a while ago and you're still struggling with that, it's called Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy. Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy. And his name's Mark Vrogop. It's V-R-O-E-G-O-P. Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy. Um, and he's got a great definition of what it means to lament. And we see this lamenting take place so often in the Scriptures. And he defines lament this way. Um, the honest cry of a hurting heart wrestling with the paradox of pain and the promise of God's goodness. So when you're in the midst of that, you're struggling between the pain that you're feeling and, and God's goodness, God's promises, and, and maybe in that moment wondering, God, where are you? And so certainly we see the psalmist cry out, how long, O Lord? And the psalmist wrestling with these things. And so I don't think there's anything wrong with mourning, lamenting, weeping, as long as eventually you get to the point where it leads to trust. And, and I guess I don't know if you have anything you want to add to that and just thinking through that or maybe from experience, but lament, but it always leads to the point where you're ultimately coming to putting your trust in God. Going back to that, I'm seeing God, the sufferings of Christ, He's got a purpose in this. So we yeah. struggle with that sometimes. Is it appropriate? How long should I grieve? What does that grief look like? What does that weeping look like? It's tough. Yeah, uh, for, for, for grieving, I, you know, everybody grieves Absolutely. differently. Yes. And, and some people get over it a little more quickly than others, but Somebody described it to me like this one time um, with, with grief uh, and these waves of emotion. So you think about standing in the ocean mm -hmm. and these huge waves of emotion hit you. And in, in those few moments afterwards, those first few days afterwards that something has happened, we, we grieve um, and occasionally you're sitting around with family and you share something and, and we laugh and it's okay to laugh yeah, and that it kind is, of thing. But, but then there'll be this huge wave of emotion that hits that um, just feels like unbearable sadness again. And so we go through that. But what we hope, what we, what we pray for, what we look for is that those waves become less intense the longer <laughs> we were there. That they, they don't hit us as hard and they become a little... They become a little farther apart, yeah. and their their frequency isn't quite as often. And there will still be triggers from time to time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like it, grieving someone who, that you've you you know someone's death. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's been a couple of months, and then but their birthday's coming up, or it's your anniversary, yeah. or Christmas time, and those special moments, then they they come back. And that, that's that's okay. Yeah. But I I think you're right that our hope has to be grounded. Absolutely. Um, my hope is placed in nothing less than Jesus' blood and, and righteousness. righteousness. And, and yeah. that's where, or my hope is found. I think I misquoted the hymn there. My hope is found, found in yeah. nothing less but Jesus' blood and righteousness. Um, and, and when that is our anchor, that's, that doesn't move. Correct. Um, Absolutely. So, Absolutely. But yeah, grieving, it, it, it looks different for us 
But I think we, we take inventory and say, am I in a better place now than I was last week? Yes. Am, I, am I moving Absolutely. in a good direction? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's great. Um, balancing hope and, and grief. So now we've got several here that are, that are coming in. Um, somebody asked about, uh, about Fuge, about camps this summer. The, the, the latest is everything's still going yeah. as planned. And so we're going to keep moving forward and, unless we get something something different from that. So um, let's see. Someone says, I love online sermons on Sundays. Are there any plans for videos or online sermons for Wednesdays? Uh, let me speak to that from the youth ministry standpoint, then I'll let you take that right. from, from the pastoral standpoint. So on Wednesdays, well, for, for youth right now, we're doing, I'm, I'm doing a Sunday school lesson that's just pre-recorded. It's about 15 or 16 minutes, at least the last two have been. That's, and so far, the history of recorded Sunday school lessons I've done, it's been about 15 minutes. Uh, so all both of them. And, and then a morning devotion. Uh, it doesn't have to be morning, but it goes on, on YouTube. So the Sunday school lessons on YouTube and the Sunday school lessons on YouTube. It's NBC Noonan, if you look up YouTube. And then on Wednesday nights, I've been having a live Bible study, so you, so you can dial in, and we, we have conversation, and we get to talk to each other uh, on Wednesdays at 7. Uh, so that's, uh, if, if you're not getting that information from me, send me a message and let me know, and I'll make sure that you're getting those updates. But you've got something on Wednesday nights as well. Yeah, so the last two weeks, um, I've just recorded, it's not live, uh, but about a 15-minute video. Um, we've been working through on our Wednesday nights. We've been doing verse by verse through the Lord's Prayer. Um, and so those are, you can find those a couple different ways. You can go to our Facebook page, and I try every Wednesday night to just remind you, hey, it's posted and give you a link. Or if you're watching through our app or on the website, um, we have a category that's Wednesday night devotions. So instead of uh, Sunday morning videos, you click Wednesday night devotions, and they're posted there. So... Um, just trying to, Wednesdays and Sundays, get you the Word. And uh, obviously the students are doing some good stuff, and so hopefully your, your kids are engaged there. All right. Um, so thank you for that. And several of uh, your message this morning was a real blessing to me. Thanks. So that's Appreciate good. That. Just thinking these crazy times can be a blessing. At times like these, separation can and has, for me, brought some of us closer than we've been mm. in a long time. There you go. God helps you find a... a uh, God helps you find good of some sort in every situation. That's Praise right. God. Praise the Lord for that. And then someone said, and this, this, is, this is important. As believers, we need to remember to reach out to others and not wait on others to reach out to us. Correct, yes. So to, to that, I just want to mention a couple of things that we've been doing. Hopefully, your deacon has, has reached out yes. to you. Um, several, I know you've called several people uh, this, this week. I, um, I've tried to reach out to some of the, the youth that I hadn't gotten quite uh, to everybody yet, but trying to reach some of the youth that I haven't heard from in a couple of weeks. Uh, also, we have a team in place that's reaching out to, to some of our uh, folks. Um, but we are, we are trying as best we can. But we know, we know that we uh, are human, and, and, and we, miss, we, we try not to miss people. Yeah. And if we, if we do, it's, it's not intentional. It's just somehow it got, it got dropped between us. But we're trying to cover as much as we can so that no one gets missed. Yeah. I had an opportunity to, I, try, I think I spoke to at least maybe 15 of, of our seniors, um, left several messages with others, and so far to this point, everybody is, is doing well. Nobody's sick, everybody has everything they need, 
And so I know several people asked last week, what can we do? Um, so I just praise the Lord that, that everybody, to, the, to our knowledge at this point, is doing well. So, Good. Good. Oh, someone uh, said, uh, even when I corrected it, it wasn't quite right. It's my hope is built on nothing less, not found in nothing less. So I knew somebody would help you out there. I know. I, <laughs> I thank you. I thank you. Um, so... Um, Someone asked, other than prayers, is there anything we can do to support both of you, uh, both of us here, as you minister to NBC and our community? Um, I'll, I'll just mention, um, just for me personally, um, you know, if, if you have ever read or studied the five love languages, then, then you might understand this. So one of mine is words of affirmation, and so... Receiving messages like that, hey, thank you yes. for doing this. That goes a long way for me. Uh, and so I just, I appreciate that. And, you know, to the other end, it doesn't take much of a criticism to, to really, for, for, for me to feel it. But so, so words of affirmation, just saying, if someone asks how you can be of help, man, just, just saying thank you or, or just showing a word of appreciation, I, I greatly appreciate that. So yeah. how about... I mean, I would just echo those words. Uh, you know, last week when we got done, there was, what, seven of us in here, I think? We're under 10. If anybody's watching and concerned about that, we were under 10. Um, but I had no idea how it came across, what it looked like. And so as we, begin, as, we, as we begin to get that feedback coming in and people afterwards, I mean, that was just so encouraging. Um, you've probably seen the little memes and stuff on Facebook, the little things look to my knowledge, no pastors alive today have ever gone or pastored in a moment like this. I mean, this is foreign to all of us. And so we're trying to navigate this the best we can. And so uh, we understand there may be things that we could do better, different. If you have a suggestion, just let us know that, but in an encouraging way. Um, but you guys have been amazing, so encouraging to this point, and we just appreciate that. Keep praying for us. And when it comes to the point that we have needs, we need you to step up and begin to help people in the church. Um, that's when you guys will really have the chance to shine and, and be the church, and we know you'll do that. So, I want to go back to the sermon for just a for right. just a second. So, I made made a few more notes. Um, it may have been a while since physical affliction has hit us, and so weeping over that kind of thing yeah. may not be. But you said, "When was the last time you wept over sin?" And I was hit with, you know, but sin has hit each of us this morning. Yeah. I mean. Uh, Yesterday, sin is, hits Absolutely. us all the time. When is the last time we Absolutely. wept over sin? Um, and, and I think about um, this question too. When was the last time we wept over lostness? And I know sometimes when things are distanced from us, it can be easy to group people and just say, man, we just, those people out there or those people over there, and and uh, rather than weeping over their lostness, like you said, there's, there's thousands of people. That, they're actually, there, there are millions of people who will die today mm -hmm. apart from Christ and spend an eternity apart yeah. from Christ. Yeah. And for us to have that attitude is a little bit like Luke 9 when, when the disciples said, Jesus, Jesus, you, you, just, you just want us to call down lightning? And, uh, and he criticizes them. He yeah. says, no. I came to save these people. Yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. And then um, how do we, do we look at people and we just, are we okay 
with letting people die apart from Christ? Or what are we doing to really try to get the gospel message to them? That, um, and then the, the last thing that I have about, about the sermon, uh, I wrote down, as you were going through uh, Revelation here, uh, I, I wrote down that uh, I remember with a, a, a former pastor that I was serving with at a previous church, something was going on that week. I think, I think uh, it was a week we were having to do a funeral of a, a 19-year-old mm. And um, mm. he and I were standing kind of in, in the doorway there with our financial secretary. And, and uh, he may not remember this, but I, I certainly remember it. I, I just said something about, I said, man, I'm just tired of crying. It just, it, there had been, it, maybe that past month, there had just been so yeah. much. I said, I'm just tired of crying. When are we going to stop crying? And he just said, you know, I'll be glad when there's nothing to cry about. about. Mm. And, and I thought about, about heaven. There'll be no more tears because there'll be no, nothing, nothing there. There'll be no sadness, nothing to cry about. That's right. Um, Jesus will be all that yes. there is. That, is. that is our hope. Praise the Lord for that. So, all right, there's a, a couple of things. I um, want to mention that, you know, last night and tonight would have been the first and the second uh, the uh, premiere oh, no, and no. The, of, the, of the children's choir of yep, yep. Their, their musical. And so... Man, I know that those kids and all the volunteers have worked so hard yes. to get those things. One of the things that I, I think, I don't want to speak for you, but you and Wanda had kind of made a, a pact that we would get that done, right? Absolutely. That, we, do, we, don't, that? we don't know when, uh, but we will get it done. We, we, we've made that commitment. They put too much time and effort into that. Um, it may have to go all the way to the fall. We don't know because we want as many people here as possible. We want it to be a safe for everybody. And when these kids do it, we want this place to be packed. Um, and so I think we owe that to them. So we are going to do it. We promise that. When, we don't know. So if you didn't know your lines yet, you have more time to learn your lines, kiddos. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Poor Tim. <laughs> oh. Somebody asked, what are Sunday school classes doing this, during this time? Uh, what are the adult Sunday school classes doing there during this time? I only know of two and so I, I, maybe I can follow up with that this week. Uh, I know one is doing uh, Facebook uh, videos, uh, Facebook Live and recording and saving those there. Mm -hmm. another, another group, uh, one of our groups is doing uh, online Zoom meetings or Google Hangouts or, or something along those lines. Uh, so if you don't know about what your Sunday school class is doing, I would encourage you to do two things. Reach out to your teacher. Uh, and then and then reach out to me and just say, hey, I'm not sure what my class is, is doing. And um, if you need help, if you need help in that, reach out to us. We would we we want you to we want to be able to set you up so you can so you can do that and take care of that. So, man, these things are coming in fast and furious. And these people now. must not be ready to go yet. That's good. Yeah, I guess so. Well, there's uh, no place to go. Yes, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the. The, the, the ham's still cooking. In the <laughs> so while you're looking up those, let me also say, some of you are maybe thinking, what's next Sunday going to look like? Next Sunday, more than likely, is going to look just like it looked today. Um, so that's Palm Sunday, Easter Sunday. It, it'll depend. Um, we would love to be able to do something a little bit different. As far as gathering in this sanctuary, that's probably not going to happen for several more weeks. We just want to be extra cautious about that. We do have a massive field that we could very easily separate six feet and sit by families, and, but that depends on weather. 
So at this point, uh, we'll keep you updated. But next Sunday, just plan on tuning in and and watching live again. So that's right. Um, so we got a, another one that's reminding us or sharing with us that there's a prayer service at Piedmont Noonan Hospital tonight. I think, I think that's you, you stay in your car. It's a drive-in prayer that's service. That's what they right? did yesterday. They did something okay. yesterday, yeah. At, at 6.45. See, shift changes at 7. And so I think mm. um, you, you stay in your, oh, it, it, if I just kept reading. It says stay in your car uh, <laughs> in order to prevent the spread of any germs. Um, come worship and pray for our health care providers and first responders. 6.45, Piedmont Noonan. Um, so yes, that's, that's, cool. that's awesome. That's cool. I know that, um, man, and, and I can speak personally. I, I just, I know they're under a lot of stress. Yeah. Lindsay uh, shared that with me. Um, and to follow up on that, someone says, praying, especially for your wives and family. What a blessing you all are to us. Hmm. Uh, I, I would say this, I know for me, I don't know about for you, but even once we're over this kind of thing and everything, please pray for my wife and family. I mean, they, they do have to live with me. Um, and so that's, uh, man, uh, yeah, that'd be great. Y'all are, are doing good. a good that's job. Good, yeah. That's good. Somebody says they can't wait. Uh, so looking forward to seeing everyone, miss everybody, and we certainly understand that. One of our youth says, go follow on Instagram, NBC underscore UTH. NBC underscore UTH. That's our, our youth uh, Instagram account. Hey, so we have messages from text, but we also have, although limited, a live audience. And we have a question from the audience or oh. a comment. <laughs> <laughs> Just, uh, I would like okay. So there's, there's a question about tonight and a potential uh, radio broadcast. So we are, are trying, uh, the, the small group that David Madison has been leading on Sunday nights um, is going to attempt a drive-in Bible study. So uh, I don't know how many of you have ever been to a drive-in. I have because I used to live in a place that had a drive-in movie theater. Uh, in, in Jessup, Georgia, it still has one, so that's that's awesome. Yeah, been, yeah. Uh, but you, so we're looking at a drive-in. We have an FM transmitter, so you bring your bring your car, tune it to the FM station, uh, and we're gonna try attempt a Bible study that way tonight. Yeah. So, so uh, David's excited about that. Um, so I encourage you to come if you can. Just please, please, please stay in your vehicles. We don't want you getting out. You can roll your window down and say hey to somebody. Just stay in your vehicle. Uh, we'll tell you what station to turn it to, and, uh, and if it works well, then that gives us another option possibly for Easter Sunday. So we're right. hoping everything will work well. And so. one thing we, we don't have, I, know this, I don't want this to sound crude, I'm just, I'm just saying, we don't have access to the restrooms either. So if you Correct. come, you need to you know, just be prepared for that. And even the porta potties, they've been picked up already. So they're not out there on the field either. Yeah. So, just wanna, so just be prepared for that. That's a good tip. That's a good tip. Uh, well, if I came, I'd have four little kids with me, so um, that would be important. Well, um, is there anything else? Because there's one other thing that I, that I would like you to share before uh, we dismiss, if you didn't have any other comments that were coming in. Um, I, don't, I, don't really, I don't really have anything else. I, I, do, I just want to say thank you for that message today. That I appreciate that. It is, it's okay, and a lot of times it is good to weep. 
a lot of times our tears tell us a little bit about ourselves, mm. but they also can remind us where God has brought us and Amen. where he's leading us. That's, that's good. And then we have hope that one day, like you said, one day there are no more tears. That's good. But that's good. Thank you. That's good. Um, let me just say on, on a personal note uh, how thankful I am uh, to be here uh, at Northside. I had no idea four months ago that we'd be going through something like this. Uh, that but, wasn't part of the past they, search. No, they, they didn't remind They did not that. tell me that. Um, but uh, our deacons have been phenomenal. Uh, those who are coming on Sunday mornings continue to, to pray for Curtis and Ann. Uh, look, I know they want to be here. Uh, Curtis and I have talked a couple times this week. I know they want to be here worshiping with you. Uh, they understand, though, it, the safest, best thing for them uh, is to stay home. And uh, we completely agree with that. So uh, I know you haven't seen his, their faces the last couple weeks, but be in prayer for them. Uh, continue to pray for Kim, uh, you know, our secretary. Um, don't forget about her. She does an amazing, amazing work. Um, and then just thankful for you, man, and, and your work and all that you're doing. And, uh, you know, BJ knows you guys a lot better than I do, so I've been wearing him out about, hey, tell me about so-and-so. You got a number. And so he, he's been doing phenomenal. And, and, and because he, he knows the community and knows the church better than I do, I asked him to kind of head up uh, kind of a team that we put together. And so I want him, as we close, just to kind of talk about that. Some of you have asked, what can we do? How can we serve the community? How can we serve our first responders? How can we serve each other? And so we're trying to get those things in place. So if you just want to speak to that for just a, a few moments before we close in prayer. Yeah, and so um, thank you for those words, by the way. Uh, Aaron asked me to put together this team, and we have three areas of emphasis. One is our, our church family and, and care for our church family. So we want to be sure that we, we do that. And we are already doing that to a great extent because mm -hmm. we have um, our, our deacons. But uh, we reached out to a couple of other people that we thought would be good on this team um, and just trying to make sure that we are taken care of. Uh, always do good, especially the household of faith. Yes. So we want to we be sure of that. But also to our community. And so we've got a couple of people who have reached out in our community. Um, at, uh, there's a church member here who's uh, head of our community emergency response team, the Coweta CERT. Um, and if, you, if, if, if you've been here around, you know who I'm talking about. But, so he will have access to a lot of different things and, and a lot of things in our community. Also, we've got somebody who is working, has already contacted our school systems. Um, we, we understand that so many children in our community get 10 meals a week because they have breakfast and lunch at school. Yep. And, and they, they, they get food sent home with them on Friday. Otherwise, they wouldn't get to eat. Now, part of that, that, that is a, a tragedy. And one of my prayers is that the church would step up and begin to feed our needy people in our community. Mm. Uh, but that, that's, 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 that's another... That's another soapbox I'm going to set aside for a while, but um, our schools have still been feeding those, those children, but during the week of spring break, and, and I haven't got 100% confirmation that, that it wouldn't happen during spring break, but we, we understand that maybe during spring break they weren't prepared and they won't have the food to feed those children. And so we've contacted the schools closest to us, uh, Madras, uh, Arbor Springs, Canongate, Northgate, to see, can our church step up? And, and there is there's a, 
there's a process we have to go through, but mm -hmm. can we feed the children? But how can we reach out to our community? And then we also have some people who know about our first responders. How can we help our police and fire department? How can we help our nurses and, and those on the front lines of, of the actual uh, pandemic? Uh, what can we do to serve them? But before that, we also ask, how can Northside stay safe? If we're going to help feed children in our community, we can only do that if we are healthy and safe. If, if, yeah. if something happens to us, then, then we can't be of service to our community. Correct. And so we need to take those precautions as well. And so that team's been working to try to get things together. I've already heard back from several of them. Um, but, yeah, we want to, in the midst of this darkness, be the light. Absolutely. Um, Jesus says in, in, in Matthew 5, you are the light of the world. Um, and so we want to be like that city on a hill that shines in the darkness. Um, and so, uh, yeah, thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your concern. We will continue to try to meet out. And I look forward to the day when we can celebrate, like the psalmist says, I was glad when yes. they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. And uh, I, I am so looking forward to that day. I expect when we gather together that everybody have the same enthusiasm as David Mazden. So you got a couple weeks, right, to, to build up that enthusiasm. It's going to be a great day of worship. Can we get some uh, alligator shoes? Yeah. <laughs> you don't got to dress like him, but you got to worship like him, right? So uh, I just thank you guys for, for tuning in. Uh, you can share this link if you know of somebody who you think this, this message or this discussion or the worship songs would be an encouragement to them. Uh, please do that. Uh, let me just encourage you. Look, God's writing a story. He's writing a story in your life, and he's not done with that story. Uh, that story may include some, some pain, some heartache, some tears. It's going to include suffering. We know that. We're going to suffer as Jesus suffered. Uh, but we know how this story ends. So keep your eyes on Jesus. Uh, remain grounded in him, and, uh, and he'll see us through. He'll get the glory, and we're going to see people come to faith in Christ, I believe, through that. Uh, BJ, would you close us in prayer this morning? Certainly. Father, thank you just for who you are, your yes. majesty. Yes. Father, you are sovereign. You, um, you, you are a great God. And yet, Father, your you transcendence over everything and, and just how powerful you are and how magnificent you are. Yet you look down at the world and you love us so much that you sent your only Son who walked among us. And Father, the Holy Spirit is now with us. And so you are a close and a personal God as well. And Lord, holding those two things in balance is just, it's, it's hard to understand how great you are, yet how personal and intimate you are. And you don't leave us here. And when we weep, you weep with us. And, and when we need comforting, Father, you comfort us. The great comforter, the Holy Spirit comes to us. But Father, you have also given us each other. So you've given us your Son, and you've given us each other. And Father, I pray that we can be the hands and feet of Christ, reaching out to brothers and sisters who need encouragement, but also to a, a lost world that needs Jesus, because that is where our hope is, is in Christ. And Father, we cry now, we weep now, we mourn, but one day, when the bride is reunited with the groom, there will be no more tears. 
There will be no more weeping or mourning. And I look forward to that day. May we keep our eyes on Jesus. Forgive us of our sin and where we have failed you. And thank you that you heal us and restore us. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.